Thank you so much to our long time sponsor on this podcast of Anchor. So Anchor is actually how I make this podcast. I wouldn't even have this podcast if it wasn't for the free tool that is the platform Anchor. So as I said, it is completely free. Anybody can make a podcast from your house, from your phone, from your computer. Anchor distributes your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and everywhere else. And you can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's basically everything you need to make a podcast in one place. And it actually is, you guys, I stan Anchor so hard. You can download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started with recording your own podcast. What's up, you guys? Welcome back to Unfiltered with me, Lindsay Hughes. Today is a very exciting episode. It's going to be kind of like a nostalgic episode for me because this episode I'm talking about being on YouTube and being a YouTuber for 10 years, which is absolutely wild, but it's very timely because the first week of April, which is the week that this podcast episode will be coming out, is 10 years ago, (laughs) the week that I made my first YouTube video. Thinking that it's been 10 years and I'm only 25, that's like almost a half of my life that I have been a YouTuber. And I know that so many of you guys listening, probably most of you guys listening know me from YouTube. And I know that my audience, for the most part, I do have some new people, but for the most part, my audience has watched since I was in high school, since I was that young 15, 16, 17 year old Georgia girl in her bedroom at her parents' house. And so I just thought it would be fun to talk about this today. So I'm gonna open up about several different things in regards to YouTube and a little bit of the behind the scenes and highs and lows from doing this for so long and regrets that I have and some of the absolute best moments that I would have never had if it wasn't for YouTube. I thought it'd be fun to do as a solo episode and next week we will have our next guest episode and it's going to be a guest that I think you guys will know and be excited about. So thank you guys so much for coming back on and listening. I hope that you have been enjoying Unfiltered, especially while we are all, you know, quarantined and distancing. I hope that this has been something to be able to distract you and just give you something to look forward to on Mondays or whenever you do decide to listen. So thank you so much for coming back and joining me today. I'm so appreciative of you guys and having this new outlet. It's been so fun for me. And if you guys do like the podcast so far and you're appreciating the topics I've been opening up about, it would mean the world to me if you guys would leave a review and a rating of Unfiltered on the Apple Podcast app. So all you have to do is go to the show on the Purple Podcast app, go to the Unfiltered show page, scroll to the bottom, and then you can leave a review. And I said last week that I'm gonna start reading and shouting out one of you guys who does a review, uh, a new review. So I'm going to start off with that really quick. So my review that I'm reading, I believe this girl's name is Jade, but she had an interesting username. So Jade says, love your podcast. I've watched Lindsay videos on YouTube for years, actually one of the first people I ever subscribed to. And I'm so happy that she added podcasting under her belt. I listen every week and I love that the episodes are long. Excited to see where this podcast goes. 
So Jade, if that is your name, <laughs> thank you so much for your sweet review. This means so much to me. And I'm gonna be reading one new review every week. So if you guys want yours to be read and you want a little shout out, then all you have to do is leave a quick review and that would be so awesome. So let's do a little weekly catch up. So since we last talked, Honestly, not that much has changed in the sense of, you know, the world. I'm still, you know, obviously we're all in our homes and just trying to manage the best that we can. Um, but I have had a friend in town for the past week, my friend Chance, who's one of my guy friends back from when I lived in LA. We met about like five years ago and he has been in town and it's been really good other than the fact that we haven't, you know, gotten to do typical things that I would take someone to do in Boise, such as, you know, going out to my favorite restaurants and bars. But other than that, we still have been able to do a lot of stuff, especially in nature because Idaho is so big and so open and there's so much you can do such as like going on nature walks and hikes and going to hot springs and things like that, that you don't even have to really see other people. We've still been able to do some fun stuff like that. So I've had a lot of, you know, outdoors nature time. So of course we've still been practicing our distancing and mostly just hanging out at my house. We've been watching a lot of movies, watching a lot of Disney plus so many Disney plus movies. I think we watched like seven movies on Disney plus in the last two or three days. <laughs> and then I've been doing a lot of cooking at home. I've been having fun trying out new, not necessarily even new, just like fun recipes that I love to make. So I've been doing a lot of cooking. Uh, we went to one of my favorite hot springs that's pretty close to Boise. It's about like an hour and 10 minutes out of Boise and it's called Campground Hot Springs if any of you guys are ever in the area. And that's probably like the closest one to Boise that I've found that's pretty, pretty private and it's a good one. It's not that big. It's only like one or two pools, but we went there maybe like a week ago and that was kind of like something that we can do that we don't have to see other people, but we can still like go out and experience. Um, the beauty of Idaho and the great outdoors. So that's definitely been really good. But other than that, I've kind of just been doing my normal routine. I've been being pretty lazy, honestly. Like I haven't been into working out because I haven't, you know, been going to my normal workout classes. And now I'm like, okay, I need to actually like figure out a routine for getting a little bit of workouts in the house done. So I know that I could easily do that. And there's so much that's like on YouTube and free workouts. So I think in like the next week, maybe next week, that'll be my goal that I set for myself to set aside some time, even if it's just, you know, a couple times a week, two or three times a week to just do a little workout, do a little yoga video, because I have been neglecting that since the social distancing. I haven't been working out literally at all. And that's something that I'm like, okay, I was doing good for a while, but now I'm flopping. What else? Yeah. I've just been kind of like lazy. I've been letting myself just chill on the couch and have lazy days and I still have been trying to stick to a schedule for my podcast and mostly kind of a schedule for my YouTube videos um, and all that jazz so I'm still trying to stay productive but I'm, I'm also letting myself be like you know what this is a this is a time and that it's it's okay to just like be lazy and watch movies and chill at home because that's kind of what we're all doing right now. And I wanted to quickly thank all of my patrons who have subscribed to my Patreon page because I have been experiencing lower views on my YouTube videos the past couple weeks. I don't really know why, but I know that everybody's pretty much struggling with work and their jobs right now. So, you know, it's nothing, it's nothing original. I think we're all kind of in the struggle and I'm definitely glad that I still 
have a job and I still am able to produce content as much as I want. But I did want to say thank you so much to my patrons for supporting my content. And my Patreon page is where I upload tons and tons of unfiltered videos, my secret videos that are not on YouTube and my content that will never be talked about elsewhere. So I've been really, really grateful to have you guys at this time, especially because my views are lower, which means that YouTube money is lower. So it's really nice as someone who relies on all of my income from, you know, what I'm posting online. It's very nice to have a group of people that want to support me and see my fun extra content. So I know I talk about that like every single episode, but I have to give, of course, a little shout out to it. So my Patreon is always linked in the show notes of the episodes. It's also linked in the link tree bios on my Instagram pages and all that kind of jazz. And I post it in my Instagram stories a lot whenever I upload a new video on there. Now let's get into the really fun part of the intro, my bops and flops of the week. My first bop is smoking CBD. So I have actually like replaced, I don't know how long it's going to (laughs) last, but I've replaced smoking weed with smoking CBD since I got into these CBD joints. So I think I've shared this a little bit before. I've, I do smoke sessions on my Patreon page, but if I haven't shared this on the podcast yet, there's several companies that make CBD joints and it's just been so helpful to me when I'm feeling like anxious or stressed out or um, smoking them before bed makes it so much easier for me to relax and fall asleep. I think I've talked about this before, I feel like, but the brands that I like the most that I've found so far, or just the brands that I've tried so far are um, Shop TKO CBD. So that's one brand that, those are probably my favorite. They make these CBD joints um, in a couple different sizes in like half gram and full gram joints. It's just CBD, um, no THC. So obviously you guys probably know you're not going to get high. It's not the same thing as smoking weed, but, um, the CBD is so nice just to an all over like body calm and it just makes it so everything. so I'm just like relaxed, but I'm not too relaxed to the point of like, falling asleep on the couch, which happens to me a lot when I smoke weed. I just get like so tired, overly tired. And I don't know what it is, but I don't even feel like I need to smoke weed anymore. Like I will definitely still smoke socially, but I don't feel the need to smoke by myself weed anymore since I have my CBD joints and it's just been so good. Oh, I didn't mention the other brand that I like. The other brand I like that I've shared on my Instagram story recently is called Plain Jane. So I like Plain Jane and then also TKO CBD and they both make the CBD joints that are already rolled so you don't have to like worry about it yourself. If you guys haven't tried smoky CBD and it's something you think you might be interested in, then definitely check out those brands. Um, And like I said, we do CBD sessions on my Patreon page if you ever want to see what they look like or see how they smoke or anything like that. Um, so it's interesting that I've like replaced weed for the time being in my life with CBD, but honestly, I'm about it. Like I really am just like a chill night. Imagine me on the couch watching movies, drinking a glass of white wine, smoking a little CBD joint. It is just all that I need. Okay. My next bop is supporting local and small businesses at this time in ways that you can. So some ways that I would suggest, if it is obviously 
safe in your area is to order delivery or you know like DoorDash or Uber Eats or whatever it is or just order directly from your favorite restaurants that are still open at this time and you can get delivery a lot of times they can just leave it on your doorstep and you don't even have to you know see or talk to someone which is great and you can leave them a tip and everything like that. And also um, getting like to-go coffee, if any of your favorite coffee shops or even going through the drive-through, um, if that is something that is available or safe in your opinion. Obviously, I'm not like advising that if you don't feel like that is something that's safe, but I know that here in Boise, um, a lot of the restaurants have their drive-throughs open that have a drive-through and obviously um, that are offering delivery service, which they may, some of them may have not normally even done before, but that is, or to-go orders. That is a great way that I've found so far that I can still support my favorite businesses, my favorite little tiny coffee shops that are struggling and they're not like, you know, fully open, but they're still doing like to-go orders and stuff like that. So I don't know how long that's going to last. I don't know if that's still going to be a thing um, in, you know, a week, two, three weeks. And obviously I know it's different by every business in every city. Like I said, even just like ordering delivery and having them leave it on your front doorstep. Those are some ways that you can still support your favorite restaurants and your favorite small businesses at this time. I mean, obviously there's so many other ways, especially places that aren't like restaurants. You can order things online from people's Etsy shops and you can support them by purchasing something. If you have the means to purchase something right now, I know that obviously a lot of us are in a difficult financial place. I'm really trying to not buy things that aren't very necessary. You know what I mean? I'm kind of just focusing on like groceries and dog food and, you know, things for the house, but not really anything else right now. So I totally get that. So that's been a bop that I've been taking advantage of ordering some local food and pizza and all that kind of jazz. So my next bop is also food related, I guess food is on my mind lately. Um, my next bop, I actually got this idea from Molly Bailey. She's one of my favorite vloggers, YouTubers to watch. Probably a lot of you guys know her, but she suggested an idea that I had never heard of before, which was putting honey on your avocado toast. And let me just say, it was a game changer. I'll just put the avocado spread on the bread and then I do a little bit of salt and then I do like a drizzle of honey. And then on top of that, I do red pepper flakes because I usually already put those on my avocado toast anyway. So it's a little bit of like sweet and spicy. Sounds kind of weird, but it's so, so, so good. I've made it um, a couple days this week already. And it, like I said, it is a game changer. So if you guys are into avocado toast, I honestly make that for breakfast almost every day, at least when I have avocados. Um, and I'll usually have like an egg on the side and maybe like a little something else, but that is one of my go-to breakfasts. So if you guys are into that, you should definitely try that idea out and let me know what you think. Then my next bop is that spring is here, baby. It's officially spring and oh my gosh, it is, I am feeling it. Like I'm feeling the spring energy, even though, you know, I'm inside most of the time. I do have two balconies, which finally, since winter is freaking over, it feels like pretty good. At least when the sun is out to go out on my balconies and sit in the sunshine. I smoked one of my CBD joints on my balcony yesterday and just like sat in the sun just had a cute moment to myself and I was like, damn, I could get used to this. I should start like going out here every morning and just like sitting on my balcony now that it's nice and it's not freaking winter time and I'm like escaping the cold every chance I get. So yeah, the trees in my front yard and everybody's yard around my little townhomes area have bloomed. Um, oh my gosh, like little cherry blossoms and 
it all happened so quick. Like I swear everything bloomed in like a week. Well, not everything's bloomed yet. It's still not like full on spring, but things are beginning to bloom. I don't want to jinx it, but I think I saw some tulips coming up from the ground in my front yard and I have never noticed them before because you know, tulips are like exclusively spring flowers. Like, you know, it's spring when you start seeing tulips everywhere. And I think I see some coming up from the ground right now. So I don't know exactly when they're going to bloom, but bitch, I'm excited because I've only lived in this place since August. So I've never seen tulips in my front yard before. And <laughs> I guess they were planted before, you know, I moved in or something. And I must say the sunshine is something that's really been helping, you know, that like quarantine energy, because at least like if, you know, you open your blinds or open your curtains, you can get some sunshine in and feel, you know, a little bit more connected to nature, even though, you know, most, even though we're stuck inside for the most part. And then for my last bop, I have a show to shout out and a couple of movies to shout out. So my show that I've just started recently that I'm really liking so far, even though it's only been four episodes, is on Hulu. I swear Hulu has had like my favorite shows of the year so far, like High Fidelity and Shrill I watched this year. And now I'm watching Little Fires Everywhere, which is a book. I should read the book, but I must say I have not read it. But I started the show and it is so good. Reese Witherspoon is in it and Carrie Washington as well. Those are like the two main characters. But I anything Reese Witherspoon is in, I love. Um, she is incredible. So I've been really enjoying that so far. It's super interesting. And honestly, since I haven't read the book, I feel really intrigued because I don't know what's going to happen. So there's only four episodes out so far as of the time I'm making this, but they're releasing new episodes every week. So you guys should check that show out if you're looking for something new to watch. Oh, and then also I've been watching Ozark as well on Netflix. I started that and I know that's like an older show and I don't know why I never started it until quarantine, but I've been into that show as well. It's kind of a crazy, intense show. So uh, I'll preface it with that. And then I like, like I told you guys, been watching so many movies the past week. So a couple highlights that I've watched. I watched Yes Man, which is like an older romantic comedy with Jim Carrey and Zoe Deschanel. And I think I had watched it maybe once before, but I didn't really remember it. And I watched it the other day and it was so good. It was like, I, I just, I think it's free on Netflix, I'm pretty sure. So <laughs> that was a good one. And then, um, like I said, I've been watching tons of like animated and Disney Channel original movies on Disney Plus. But my favorite one that I hadn't seen that my friend put me on to was Tangled. So that is definitely my last bop of the week. I don't know why I had never seen it. I'm probably like crazy. Everyone listening is probably like, Lindsay, how have you not seen Tangled? <laughs> but I had never seen it. So yeah, Disney Plus in general has actually been a bop because I've had it for a few months. Like I think I've had it since November, but for some reason I haven't watched like a ton of movies on there. And lately I've just, you know, that's been the move. All right, now gotta do my flops of the week. I always like read my flops after and then I'm like, maybe I should start off with flops. So maybe I'm gonna start switching up the order. Not that it matters that much, but starting with my flops and then like we end on a high note, you know? But anyway, uh, my flops. Okay, my first flop is that I've really started feeling off. Um, I've been, I won't go into too much detail because it's honestly just a lot of personal stuff. But that being said, I just have been, dealing with some personal stuff that's been really affecting my mood and um, I'm definitely feeling off. So that's never a great one, but 
probably a lot of us can relate to that right now with just not feeling, you know, our best every single day. I haven't really been making the effort to like really get dressed all cute and like I haven't done my makeup in like over a week and I haven't really been making that time, like I said, you know, for myself and that is something that and that is something that I really want to focus on in the next week or two because that's still really important to do even though, you know, I live alone and I'm inside right now. I feel like it really does help my mood and also helps me to be more productive and get more things done when I feel like ready for the day as opposed to just um, honestly what I am now, which is like in sweatpants, like no bras, sweatshirt, haven't even brushed my hair today. And honestly, sometimes that's the vo- the vo- what did I just say? I was trying to say vibe and mood <laughs> at the same time and I almost said vood. <laughs> All right, and my last flop of the week, which I don't want to complain about it too much because it's pretty much a, you know, small complaint and everybody is going through a lot of shit right now and things could definitely be a lot worse. But my last flop that I thought of is just that my video views, my YouTube views are really low right now, really down. Like I don't think I've changed anything, any type of the content I've been making and my last Two or three videos did really, really low views wise. Um, So I don't really know why, but you know, I guess it's weird because I guess I thought that more people maybe would be on YouTube and watching YouTube during this time, but at least for my channel, it hasn't shown to be true. So uh, I guess I just need to switch up the types of content that I'm making, maybe get back to some more vlogs and things like that because I know those are always kind of like a favorite. Um, But yeah, I don't know. I'm not going to go into that too much, like I said, because it doesn't really matter and people have a lot worse things that they're dealing with, obviously. This is really not a big deal at all in the grand scheme of problems, but um, one positive about this flop is that I do feel like we're all in this you know, time together and it is a lot of community and we can support each other. So I do feel, you know, at least like we're all kind of in this struggling, strange, weird world time together. Um, so leaving it off on, on that kind of like a positive note of the flop. All right, now let's finally, Lindsay, go ahead and get into the bulk of the episode. So how I feel about being on YouTube, uh, a YouTuber for 10 years and what I've accomplished also like changes, highs and lows, all that kind of jazz. So I had, of course, I had to ask you guys what you wanted to know about being on YouTube for 10 years because I wanted to kind of see the questions and topics that you guys would want me to go over in this episode. So shout out to all of you guys that submitted. I got so many questions and I tried to pick out some like general ones that were pretty commonly asked. So first I got a voice message, which shout out to any of you guys that ever leave me a voice message because I typically will play these first before any of the like Instagram questions because there are super fun for me to actually hear you guys' voices. So you guys might know you can leave a voice message for any episode and you can always feel free to send me in even if it's something that I don't ask and you just want to send in a situation or a question to be featured on maybe an upcoming episode that has to do with what you asked or like an advice episode like we did last week. You can always send that stuff in. So the voice messages link is always in the show notes of the podcast and it's super, super easy to record one just from your phone. So we got one um, from Melissa and I'm going to play it right now to kick things off. 
Hi, Lindsay. Um, my name is Melissa. I'm one of your listeners from Canada. I've been watching you since the Pink Room days, um, and I'm so proud of you for having this awesome podcast. Um, regarding your 10 years on YouTube, um, I have a question. Um, how did you deal with people at your high school finding out that you had your YouTube channel? Did you deal with any bullying? Did you deal with any unwanted attention? Um, I'm always curious because like I'm 26. It was kind of a unique thing back then being a YouTuber. So I'm wondering what your experience was like. Love the podcast. Thanks. Bye. question I get a lot and it's funny because I actually like made an entire video when I think I was like 16 or 17 I made a whole video on my channel it's I think it's still live and it's called um I think it's called how to deal with people finding out about your YouTube channel or something like that so I actually like talked about this probably like eight or nine years ago on my channel and um, so my experience was interesting. So I kind of kept it secret for a while, like as long as I could, just because I wanted to grow my channel. And I didn't like, yeah, I didn't want everybody to know about this thing that I was doing, you know, at least not at the beginning. Um, and then people kind of like slowly, a couple people started to find out. But then once I hit like 10th grade, so I started my channel when I was in ninth grade. So which I'll go kind of back into this and the story of my YouTube and all that jazz. But um, I started my channel in ninth grade when I was 15. And then by the time I was in 10th grade, the girls at my school started to find out my friends and some other people started to find out, acquaintances. My friends that found out were really supportive and they were like, why didn't you tell us sooner? And then I remember there was one girl who I was on and off friends with in high school. We are friends to this day and we've put all that stuff behind us. Um, dumb drama from high school, you know what I mean? But back then it was just, you know, girl world, just annoying stuff. So we were like best friends one year and then we would be like enemies the next year, best friends the next year, enemies again. Again, it was like the weirdest relationship I've ever had with a friend. But like I said, all that shit has been left behind in high school. Anyway, I remember when she found out there was definitely some, not bullying, but there was just, you know, a little bit of like talking behind my back. And I remember there was this other girl that I was more of an acquaintance with. And I remember she was like going around telling people and I don't think it was very nice. I think it was kind of in like a make fun of way. And then I also remember, I totally forgot that this happened, but there was this girl that I I wasn't friends with, but she was in a lot of my classes. Not that we like, you know, weren't friends, like for any reason, we were just more of acquaintances. Like we never hung out outside of school. We just had a couple of classes together. And I remember it was so weird. I don't remember even how I found this. I think one of my friends sent me like a Tumblr post that she had written about me and about like, oh, how much makeup I wore and that like I had this YouTube channel and all this kind of stuff. And it was basically like, shaming me for wearing makeup to school or something like that. It was very strange. Um, so that was something that happened that I just thought was weird because I was like, what have I ever like done to this girl? Like, why did she write a Tumblr post about me? You know what I mean? Very strange. Other than that, everyone was pretty supportive, at least to my face. And I started having a nickname, Beauty Baby, in like junior or senior year. And still to this day, that is like my nickname in my hometown for certain people that see me. They'll call me Beauty Baby. And um, just because, you know, that was my old YouTube username. And so I think it's I think it's cute. I think it's nostalgic. And um, I really did not have a very bad experience. I think luckily for me, like I had already established myself a lot when most people started finding out. I think I had 
had close to like 10,000 subscribers when like people started finding out about my channel. So I already had, you know, like a good audience and I had already been creating videos for like a year at that point. So I was kind of just never like very affected by it, but obviously though, things could have been a lot worse. Um, but I don't know what people said behind my back, obviously, um, but I know that for the most part, like my friends and most people were pretty supportive, at least, you know, to my face, which was great. So as for like a little backstory, I think you guys probably know this, but like I said, I started my channel when I was 15 years old at the end of freshman year of high school. That's when I started. And um, then maybe, like I said, sophomore year is when people started to kind of like find out more. And then by junior year, I was traveling a lot for YouTube. My channel had grown a lot. I think that's probably the year I hit like around 100,000 subscribers was like my junior year of high school. So age, you know, 17, uh, 16, 17. And I started traveling for YouTube events and going to things like BeautyCon or not BeautyCon, um, IMATS was before BeautyCon. If any of you guys remember IMATS days, that was like the pre-BeautyCon <laughs> convention that we would all go to New York to meet up for in LA. Um, that's the first time I visited LA was junior year and I toured FITM, which is the college that I ended up going to. And I like fell in love with LA, um, decided I was going to move there. And then by senior year, I was traveling a lot for YouTube and I had quit my part-time job sometime in junior year of high school. I quit my part-time job, um, because I was making a lot more money from YouTube and I didn't need it anymore. So I worked a couple of different jobs when I was in high school. I worked as a receptionist. And then I also worked, if you guys probably remember, I know a lot of you guys remember this. I used to work at Old Navy for like two years or something like that. And, um, so yeah, I was a retail girl. I worked there when I first had my YouTube channel. I would make like outfit of the day videos for work. And I would make a lot of haul videos of stuff that I got from old Navy because I worked there. So I had employee discount. Any of you guys remember those days? That was a super long time ago, but I know a lot of you guys do remember. And then, like I said, by senior year, things were getting more busy. That's the year I hit, I think 500,000 subscribers on my channel. So my channel grew a lot from junior year to senior year, which that was like the biggest period of growth I've ever had on my channel. And what else? Yeah, I was traveling. I was starting to go on my first um, like press trips and getting invited by brands to go to San Francisco and LA and New York and things like that, which was so freaking exciting. And I graduated high school. I moved to LA a month after graduating high school to start at FITM because I started in the summer. So I started in July um, after my senior year of high school. So I moved, you guys followed my whole little, my whole journey of like graduating high school and like going to prom, like all of that stuff was videos on my channel. Like get ready with me for prom, get ready with me for high school graduation. And then like I made vlogs when I moved to LA and then I made vlogs when I started college in LA. So I truly, truly grew up all on the internet and it's one of the coolest things that I will never freaking take for granted is that I can go back and I can watch those memories and those times in my life. I can see what I looked like. I can see what I sounded like, um, what was important to me in my life, who my friends were, the things that I was doing. Like I, I could go back and see, and I still can to this day, like go back and see all that stuff, like my high school graduation, my college graduation, and like moving into all of my different apartments and houses that I've lived in since I moved out on my own. And it's just 
all my accomplishments and meetups that I've had and all the times I've gotten to meet you guys and vlog that stuff. So it is crazy and I get so nostalgic when I think about it. All right, I kind of went off on a little tangent there. So I'm gonna get back into the questions that you guys asked me from Instagram. So the first one is, is there anything that you would have liked to have done differently? So this is just kind of like in regards to being on YouTube for 10 years. So um, I wouldn't do much differently, but there are a few things that I have as kind of like regrets, not necessarily huge regrets, but just things that I look back and I'm like, mm, you know, probably shouldn't have done that. <laughs> so my first one is that at the very, very beginning of making my videos, I didn't really like, I was super, I was super shy. And I think that's normal when you're never have like recorded yourself on video to be shy. So I didn't really like show my full personality. I was very, very reserved. And I almost tried to be like more professional than, you know, I really was because I was like a 15 year old girl filming videos in her bedroom. I feel like I took myself a little bit too seriously back then. And I think it was because I wanted other people to take me seriously. I don't know. I wanted to appear not like necessarily professional, but I wanted to appear like I don't know, I knew what I was talking about a little bit, even though I really, really didn't. Um, so I would have just, from the beginning, I think I would have tried to show my personality a little bit more and not taken myself so seriously, been a little bit more like lighthearted and giggly and all that kind of stuff, which I which I started to be after, you know, you kind of get into your groove with doing something like that. So after, you know, a year or two years or something like that, I got more into my groove and got more, you know, just comfortable with showing my personality behind the camera. But that's probably something I would have done a little bit differently if I was like starting over, but you know, that's not really something that you can change. So it's fine. And then my other thing that I would have done differently was um, probably just like the most significant thing that affected my channel negatively uh, the whole time that I have been on YouTube, which was now I can look at it and be like, oh, that was like me experiencing burnout, which I never like knew that term until like a couple years after I had my YouTube burnout. But basically I think you guys know what that is, but I definitely experienced like probably about two years from, I would say, when was it? Like 20, sometime in maybe 2015, 2016, or maybe 2014, just like around that general time. I was super inconsistent with my videos and I'm sure a lot of you guys remember that and I just was not like on a schedule at all and I really just like burned out. I wasn't inspired. I wasn't motivated. I fully like didn't know what videos I wanted to make and I really was just experiencing a burnout but it lasted a really, really, really long time and I don't think I dealt with it in a good way and I think I could have honestly been a lot better with just like getting motivated and getting excited and I kind of changed up the content that I was making and it was confusing for a while. So yeah, um, but honestly, like you, you have highs and lows with any, anything that you do in life for a long period of time, any career, you know, you're going to have highs and lows. So it's very normal. And I almost feel like I had to, not like I had to go through that exact type of burnout experience, but something like that almost kind of like is inevitable when you do something for 10 years, because, um, you know, you can't expect to be 100% productive and motivated all like all the time for 10 fucking years like you're gonna have low days you're gonna have high days you're gonna have times where you're not as motivated so I think it was totally normal but now I can look back on that time and be like damn I was really burned out 
I think I also just was not good at um, time management and I didn't like use a planner at that time. And I really like fully was not good at separating my, my work life from my personal life and everything kind of got like meshed up and I would focus a lot more on personal life because I'm like, you know, I just want to be happy. But then I was like, you know, neglecting all the people that had subscribed to my channel for regular content. So that's definitely, you know, a regret that I have that I just kind of did that for so long. And I didn't honestly at the time, like I fully didn't realize it. I didn't realize that it was going to you know, negatively impact my channel. And I lost a lot of subscribers and my channel stopped growing, um, which is another thing. I've talked about that in a YouTube video before, but yeah, that was kind of just like a mess <laughs> and it was all, you know, my doing. All right. The next question is, did you find it hard to grow up and change with an audience? And, um, I don't know if I would say hard is the right word that I would use, but it was definitely, um, strange. Like I said, I started YouTube when I was, you know, 15 and now I'm 25. And those are probably some of your most formative years of your entire life. In my opinion is like, you know, all the things that I did, like I grew from being a young teenager to being a 20 year old to being in my mid twenties, like all the things that you do, you know, you go through high school, you graduate high school, you move away. Maybe I moved across the country to go to college. I started living in a completely new city. I met completely new friends. I left an entire life that I had like made for myself and a life that a lot of people knew, you know, 500, 600,000 people at the time, like knew me to have this life and everything just changed. And, um, then I started a new life. And obviously when you move to a new city and you're so young like that, like I, ch I changed a lot, not necessarily saying like, Oh, LA changed me or like moving to LA changed me. But you know, when you're just around completely new people and you're in, you know, I moved from know a small suburb in Georgia to downtown Los Angeles I mean how could a person not change especially when you're in those years where you're like starting you know drinking and experimenting with things like which most people do when they're you know 18 19 20 21 all that kind of stuff so yeah obviously there were a lot of changes never wanted to be um you know not relatable but I also never really wanted to be necessarily seen as like a role model because I was always just a normal girl and obviously some people might have looked up to me as a role model which is totally fine but I guess you know it's interesting because you never really like sign up for that role and you do a lot of times just want to live your normal life and um, there were things that I you know not necessarily hid but there were just things that I knew you know weren't necessarily good for my career or good for my um what's the word reputation to talk about. And I think that's totally normal to keep private things private and to not have to, you know, we don't have to share everything in life. We can share what we feel is worth sharing. And there are things that are totally fine to keep private as well. Um, but to answer the question, did I find it hard to grow up and change with an audience? I mean, I guess I, at the beginning I was like, I don't know if I would use the word hard, but I don't know what other word I would use. I guess it was just kind of like, um, a, a learning experience. It was interesting <laughs> to just go through all those changes and um, all that with having an audience and being, you know, more of a public figure or whatever. I know that sounds weird, but be, being, you know, like um, having a group of people that were watching me, especially because vlogs are, you know, so intimate and you really do feel like you know someone and you you see so many parts of their life. So I totally get that. Question is, 
favorite memory that wouldn't have been possible without YouTube? Okay, so I read this question earlier. I thought it was such a good question. I, and I've been really thinking about it. And I was trying to like think of one, one moment. And I was fully like, is it lame if I just say like a group of moments? <laughs> like, I don't know. Sometimes I'm just bad at thinking of, you know, when somebody asks you a question, you have to like reflect on like one one thing or one like when someone asks you like what's your most embarrassing moment of your entire life you're like oh shit I gotta like think about this for a second at least that's what I feel like the answer has to be that comes to mind first is like all my meetups and my meetup tours that I got to go on because I got to go on several different meetup tours so I did one with May actually I did two tours with Macy's which is wild. Like I literally toured different Macy's um, stores around the entire country. I think I did like around 10 of them in all different places around the country. And I got to fly with them for all of them and um, meet you guys in different cities around the whole country and hug you guys and talk to you guys from all different areas. And I literally never would have like even gone to some of those places if it wasn't for getting to do that. And then me and my sister got to do a tour with Benefit Cosmetics back in like the end of 2013, which was a similar thing. We got to go to different um, Ulta stores around the country. I got to do several meetups with Ulta and work with them and work with Benefit and work with Urban Decay. Um, and like I said, Macy's and there might've been some others that I'm forgetting right now, but other than that, any of the other meetups that I had too around the country that weren't necessarily with a brand that were just for fun. Me and my sister have had a lot. I'm out of breath right now. You guys, I never take breaks when I record these solo episodes, but one thing that just came to mind was, um, I was talking about doing the Macy's tour and it was so so interesting because so in my hometown where I grew up we have a mall five minutes from my house or a little more than five minutes from my house like 10 minutes from my house called North Point Mall and that is literally the mall that like I went to when I was you know in elementary school middle school high school like that was my local mall and it was so crazy when I was going on when I was going on the Macy's tour one of the stops um, ended up being unknown to anyone else except me <laughs> ended up being uh, North Point Mall and we uh, me and my sister got to have a meetup at the Macy's at our hometown mall and it was just kind of crazy to think about like <laughs> if I ever went to that mall when I was in sixth grade like I could never imagine myself like being on a little tiny little stage at Macy's and like talking to my viewers and like it was just the coolest thing my dad came I took a bunch of pictures with him and some of my friends came as well and like some of the girls that live in my neighborhood that watched my videos came and it was just like the cutest freaking thing so that's probably actually one of the um favorite memories also like since it was with macy's you know they kind of had like money to blow so they would get me a limo or like a town car for all of the meetups that i would drive from like my hotel to um the mall to do the meetups so i fully <laughs> i fully drove in a limo to the mall and i just remember i was like this is kind of a crazy life moment like i never thought i would be here you know what i mean so that that has to be uh, and they would get me they would get me a makeup artist that did my makeup every single event and that was some of the best memories so fun um, so yeah, that has to be my favorite memory that definitely wouldn't have been possible without YouTube is just getting to meet all of you guys that I would never have gotten to meet if I hadn't started my channel. So those honestly are my favorite memories of like all time. 
Next question is, what's the best change since the old YouTube and the worst change? Okay, so we'll start off with the best change. <laughs> um, what I think is the best part about YouTube, especially nowadays, is that there truly is like a little corner of YouTube or a section of YouTube for every type of person and every interest. I mean, it doesn't matter how, you know, unique or maybe strange some people would say you know a type of content is there is a channel for it now I mean at least I think there's so much content on YouTube and and it's just awesome to be able to you know no matter what type of a person you are no matter what your interests are you can find something that resonates with you and that you might have not you would have never gotten to see that content if it hadn't been for the platform of YouTube and somebody deciding to upload their video about that topic that you share an interest in I think that's probably the best change because you know back when I started you know YouTube I'm trying to remember what year YouTube started I feel like it was like around 2006 or 2007 2008 something like that but I started in 2010 so YouTube was still really really young there was not that much content you know there was obviously a lot of different channels creating different types of content but there was not nearly as much you know diversity and unique content as there is today so I think that's probably the best change that I've seen is just the growth of so many different types of channels and people being able to really make a life for themselves that wouldn't have been able to do so otherwise if it wasn't for having this platform myself included and then the worst change since the old youtube i would definitely say is like just in general anything having to do with clout or clickbait or non-relatable content yeah i mean we just never used to have clickbait we didn't have to do clickbait in the old youtube but i don't remember how that trend even got started but it really has never died and I mean it's just so crazy to think about like somebody clicking on the title of a video that is completely fake and actually has nothing to do with what you're going to see in the video I mean it's wild so I mean that used to never be a thing you would really read the title of the video and you would know exactly what you were getting um, and then obviously just like the whole you know clout drama with people getting into you know, YouTube or social media for the wrong reasons. And, you know, that's just a thing that happens. Um, and then, like I said, just any content or channels that are really, really, really unrelatable and don't have any aspect of like trying to relate to their audience. Um, I would say that's a little bit of one of the worst changes for me, just because I feel like you make such a better connection to your audience when they do feel like they can relate to you. So that's my answer to that. <laughs> All right, next question. I'd love to get some tea on the behind the scenes of the YouTube world, collabs, sponsorships, and so on. So I guess you're kind of talking about like the work slash money aspect, which I can definitely speak on a little bit. So as far as collabs, I really did not collab hardly ever. I collabed with like two people, I feel like, besides my actual kind of like YouTube friends. Um, so any collabs that I did were totally fun. I honestly wish I did a lot more. They're not much of a big thing anymore. Like obviously people still film videos together, but it used to be like so much of a bigger thing. Um, so I kind of miss like the collab days. I don't know. They, they were just so like pure YouTubers would go to like VidCon or, um, BeautyCon together and like record these big videos together. I, I don't know. I just feel like that time was so pure and so fun um but then you said you know talk about sponsorships so i'll kind of discuss a little bit of like the money aspect and how sponsorships work 
So basically, if you are a YouTuber, you know, you either are managing yourself or you have a manager, possibly an agent or potentially a network manager, but basically somebody that like helps you with your emails and helps you with your brand deals and, you know, like giftings and PR packages and things like that. I'm just talking about in a sense of like my industry and as like a vlogger slash beauty lifestyle um, YouTuber, this is how it would be typically. Most of my YouTube, I've had a manager. I've had a couple different managers throughout the years. And um, I also have had experience with managing myself and doing all the brand outreach and brand deals uh, and negotiating by myself as well, which I think it's great to have like both types of experience. Um, so right now I do have two YouTube managers that help me out with my deals. Shout out to you guys if you happen to be listening. I'm not sure, but if you guys are, shout out to you. So how a sponsorship would work, like a sponsorship on my YouTube or Instagram is, so we have our business emails. You guys probably know, you know, influencers, we have our business emails and that is where companies can reach out if they want to if they want to sponsor us and send a product that we will try out and then share in our stories or our YouTube videos. So the first step of a sponsorship is the brand just reaching out through email. And from that point on, uh, if I'm self-managed, I will start negotiating and deal with that myself. If I have a manager, which like I said, I have management right now, I'll forward that email onto them and they will help with the negotiating which is why it's kind of nice to have a manager because typically you can get higher rates if, you know, an actual manager is negotiating for you and sending, you know, the brands like your media kits and your prices and your demographics and things like that. So obviously first my management will reach out to me if they get an opportunity that I haven't seen. Um, they'll reach out and be like, hey, this brand is interested in partnering with you for this much money. Do you think you'd be interested in like trying out the product? And then from that point on, if I'm interested, I will say yes. And if I'm not, I'll say I'll pass on it this time. It just kind of depends on the brand and if I feel like it aligns with my channel and also it depends on like the type of product, if it's something that I, I want to be promoting or not. So then from that point on, for example, if I say yes, then um, the brand will send over the product and I'll try it out for a period of time. And from that point on, um, we will decide to go forward with the content and we will have um, a couple different of a couple different documents that come through. So one would be like a statement of work or the talking points. And that's basically stuff that the brand typically would send over if they are paying for the content things that they would want you to talk about, like, hey, this is a little bit about the brand. So typically you'll have the talking points that get sent over and then you'll have the contract with the brand, which the contract is basically just like legal stuff that the brand has to, you know, say. And then also the contract is basically like the point of signing it is saying, I'm going to do this work for you guys. Um, this is what you're going to get from paying me to do this promotion for you. And this is the content that I promised to make. Um, and you usually, once you sign the contract, then it means, you know, the brand or the deal is official and it's going through and you're going to make your content. So then from that point on, you know, create the content, whether it's for Instagram or YouTube or whatever. And then the brand has to approve the content. So you send it to the brand or you'll upload like an unlisted YouTube video so that they can watch it beforehand and approve the content. Also, if they don't approve the content, then, then they 
then they can give you like edits to make if you forgot something or something was in the contract that you didn't hit or something that the brand wants changed. Um, so obviously since they're paying, they get to, you know, choose some revisions and things like that. Um, so it just depends on the brand and if you, you know, hit the right points then you typically won't have to do revisions. And then from that point on, um, once they approve, you can set your content live and then um, you just have to wait for payment, which this is a thing that people might not know or you may know because a lot of influencers talk about it, but typically you have to wait like at least three months to get payment from doing a deal that you've already uploaded or already set the post live. Um, it depends on the brand again, but a lot of times, you know, it can take up to, I've had to wait up to, I believe seven months before, and it was never supposed to take that long for a brand to pay, especially if it's like a really big brand, you kind of have no idea when to expect that money, even though you do sign a contract saying, um, you know, they're going to pay in X amount of days. Sometimes it says net 30, sometimes it's net 45 sometimes it's net 90 and i think that means like from the time they the brand gets sent the invoice that they have to pay but a lot of times they don't pay that quick and they take um months and months and months to pay but you really do have to be patient and that's kind of one of the parts about sponsorships that don't have that much control over i mean you can obviously check in on certain payments see where they're at but you definitely have to be really 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 patient because something that you would upload let's say in like december you definitely might not get paid for that until like april so you can't really like count on the money at all until you have it and you might not even have any idea when you're getting it like if you uploaded something in december you could see the money in february probably at the earliest um depending on the brand and you could see the money in like may so you literally like never know when you're going to get it. So that's some tea for you that you might have not known as far as like the money aspect. So yeah, I feel like I went into that for quite some time, but that's kind of the process behind the scenes of how a sponsorship would work, at least for uh, my channel. Next question is, if you were in charge of the rules on YouTube, what would be the first thing you'd change? I love this question. <laughs> it's so interesting. So the first thing I would change is the way that um, they mark content as what is advertiser friendly and what you can monetize and talk about and what gets instantly demonetized. So I think that there should personally be more advertisers that would that would advertise on content where you're talking educationally about like sex or substance or sexuality in general. I mean, I know that LGBT plus content creators have had so much issues with this over the last few years because literally if you like talk about your sexuality or being gay or anything having to do with the LGBT plus experience, that content can fully just like get demonetized. And it's so absurd. It's like, who decided that? Like, who decided you can't talk about the type of person that you are? It's so wild. So um, I don't know how that stuff is all decided, but I think it's kind of crazy. The laws, I'm sure you guys know from listening to other YouTubers, but the monetization and the advertiser-friendly laws have gotten so much more strict over the past few years, which is why I switched um, a ton of my content over to Patreon, um, where I talk about anything that has to do with sex or substance experiences or um, anything like that. And it's interesting because I'm not making, you know, like <laughs> crazy videos. I'm just like educationally talking about 
experiences and things that I think could benefit people. So yeah, super interesting. Um, if you make a video with the word sex in the title, it will probably most likely uh, get demonetized almost instantly, which means that you can't make any sort of an amount from the people that are watching that video, which is really unfortunate as a, as a full-time YouTuber to spend all the time creating a video, upload it, and then to not be able to make a single penny from it. So that's why I don't make sex videos on my channel anymore. I did a couple of them last year. One of them I was luckily able to get a sponsor for and the other one I just fully didn't make any money from it. So it was still good to like be able to talk about that stuff. But you know, having a full-time job, you've got to be able to support yourself with the content you're creating. So that's definitely the first rule I would change is the whole like advertisers and the algorithm in terms of what you can talk about and what you can't talk about. And then also another thing I would change, I know you only said what is the first thing you would change, but another thing I would change is the way that YouTube promotes content. And I personally feel that they only promote like their top channels and they promote them so, so, so much in the sense of like the people that are at the top, their view, their videos are get, getting pushed out and promoted to essentially everyone in like such a bigger demographic than the people that, you know, get, you know, 10,000 views per video and their videos are never getting promoted ever, yet the people that get 10 million views for every upload, that's the stuff that YouTube decides to promote most of the time. So it's kind of crazy. Um, the algorithm, obviously it's, there's so much that goes into it. I'm not necessarily hating on it. I do love being able to upload on YouTube and I love having it as um, my main platform, but obviously there's, I think, things that could could be changed, but I'm not in charge of that stuff, so Susan, if you're listening out there, please, um, the algorithm is fucked. <laughs> All right, and I've got a couple more questions to kind of end it off. The next one is, will you do YouTube forever? If not, what's your next career plan? Um, I don't really know how to answer this question because I will do YouTube for as long as I feel, um, excited about making videos, which I don't see myself stopping anytime soon. But to answer the question forever, I, I can't give a yes or no answer to that because I have no idea what's going to happen with YouTube over the next few years. Like I, I don't know how long YouTube is going to exist. Um, so I'm going to do YouTube for as long as it is available to me and as long as I enjoy making content, uh, which I do a lot. So that is the answer to that. And if not, what's your next career plan? I just plan to take the projects that I have made and the audience that I have made so far and just kind of go with that wherever I feel like I want to go with that. And I know that's not really like a straight answer, but obviously this year I have added the podcast to my life in a different way of other than the platform of YouTube to speak to my audience. I guess that's what the words I was kind of looking for. And other than that, I mean, hopefully one day I can have maybe like a sustainable brand for just all of my favorite things that are uh, sustainable and more zero waste. That would be something really exciting to have that as kind of a down the road project or even just creating, you know, different merch and different things that align with my way of life. So just being able to continue on with my podcast and with creating products for you guys and having you guys as an audience. I mean, that's not necessarily a uh, career plan, I guess you could say, but that's just where my head is at right now. I try not to get too stressed out with thinking too much into the future because 
so much changes even in just you know a few years and I think I'll definitely be able to figure it out if I do decide to you know have a different career switch or anything like that but um, that's I guess my answer for now and I, I don't know if that was a bad answer but that's kind of yeah that's kind of my answer Another question I got was, did you ever feel like quitting YouTube because of the comments? My answer is no. I never have had one thought in my entire YouTube experience that I wanted to quit, which I think is great because um, I just know that that shows me that I will always have so much love despite even, you know, getting some hate or despite going through uh, times with my channel where there's high points and low points. I've never even had one single moment where I've thought about quitting or deleting my channel or stopping uploading videos. So that just makes me feel good. Um, and yeah, maybe in the past I've gotten some mean comments, but it's nothing that has made me consider quitting doing YouTube. Next question is, do you ever wish you got a more traditional job? And I thought this was a good one and I really tried to think about it and I don't think I've ever had the thought really like, oh, I wish I had not pursued this as my full-time job and I wish I had pursued a more traditional job. There's definitely aspects about the job that are strange that you have to get used to. Like for example, not making the same amount of money every month. It's very, very, very up and down. Months like Vlogmas where I'm uploading every single day, that would be like the highest performing month of the year on my channel. But then I have so many months that are like under a thousand dollars in ad revenue because my views just weren't good or maybe I only uploaded a few videos that month and my views weren't very good or something like that so the money aspect and being like self-employed and having to like account for your own taxes and um, track my own business expenses every year and all of that I mean that's stuff that is definitely not that traditional but it is part of just being self-employed and I think it's getting to be more traditional a lot of people are self-employed so um but I still do not ever wish that I got a more traditional job because personally I really think I thrive working from home I like being in my space and I like kind of like setting my hours and planning out my weeks how I how I can fit things in and I think I've gotten better at that over the last couple of years and I was not so good at that for a while. I do not wish I got a more traditional job. I'm happy with my decision to pursue, you know, being a content creator full-time. And at this point, it's not just YouTube. I mean, it's YouTube and my podcast and my Patreon and any merch that I decide to sell. Um, so yeah, there's different facets of my income besides YouTube, which is awesome. And I think it's given me so much awesome experience that I... I've been able to do things like manage myself and then have management and work with so many different brands and travel with brands and all this experience and, you know, running my own business emails and all that kind of stuff. It's like, this is really kind of like cool stuff to be able to know how to do and obviously film, edit my own videos, record and edit my own podcast, all learning to use my different equipment, like just all those kind of things. It's really, I mean, editing thumbnails and creating like more searchable video tags for YouTube. I mean, these are all things that you could do in a traditional job that um, YouTube just allows me to learn how to do by myself. All right, and the last question we're gonna end off with because I'm getting so out of breath <laughs> is do you see yourself still on YouTube 10 years from today? So let's see, I'll be 35. Oh my gosh, whoa. Um, you know, I'm gonna answer it with if YouTube is still in 10 years, if YouTube is still, you know, 
a platform like it is now. It's still growing. Um, and I'm still able to enjoy creating videos and creating content and sharing content, then yeah, I do think I'll be on YouTube still 10 years from today. But it's a lot of things are out of my control, you know? Like, I don't know what the state of YouTube is going to be in 10 years. So we'll have to wait and see. I mean, I do see myself still on YouTube in 10 years. I really do. I don't really see much of a life for myself without like ever creating content, but it also depends. It really depends on a lot of things, but I would say, you know, it's definitely a big high possibility. <laughs> okay, guys, if you made it until the end, you are incredible because this was definitely a long solo episode of me just chatting it up, but I do hope that it was interesting. I hope that it was helpful. I know there were so many more things that I could have gone into, but you know, we got to save this voice a little bit. I'm fully out of breath right now, as I keep saying. So thank you guys so much for listening to this episode. We are going to have a guest, like I said, next week. I'm really excited for that episode. So I hope you guys have been enjoying kind of like the switch up of, you know, solo episodes, but then mixing in guests. Um, I think I've said this before, but I'm trying to do like at least one guest per month, if not, you know, two. So that's about, you know, half the episodes or a little bit less than half the episodes with guests to kind of like switch things up. Cause you know, I think it's fun to be able to talk to someone in an episode and get their opinions on things. But then I think it's also fun to do more like advice and Q&A type episodes where we can just talk, you know, a lot about what you guys have going on. Thank you guys so much for listening. As always, I hope you enjoyed. Please stay safe out there and I will talk to you guys in next week's episode. Thanks for listening. Bye guys.